Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. See, this is the attitude of a steward. I'm just giving back to you a portion of what you've given me. When you start giving, it starts a supernatural flow towards you of God's ability. God will bless you more than you deserve. God will bless you and make things work better than they ever could have. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm in the middle of my fifth week of teaching through this series that I've entitled Financial Stewardship. If you've missed any of this, I encourage you to please get the materials. We're offering this book as a free gift to you. Or you could get the DVDs or the CDs as a free gift. You can also go to my website and we have all of the programs archived on there and you can go back and watch them. But it's really important that you get this in its context because I'm now into my fifth week of teaching and I'm just now really talking about the tithe and giving. The previous four weeks, we're all talking about getting your heart right because it's accepted according to the, the heart that you give it in. It's not the amount of money that you give. And if you have a desire to just get rich and if, if you're just going to use God to get your selfish needs met, that actually short circuits the whole thing and stops the power of God. Your heart has to be right in this area. So I've approached this subject of financial stewardship from a different perspective than what a, min a lot of ministers would approach it with, and it's really important that you get it in its context. This week, I started talking about the tithe from Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and I've shared that the tithe is a biblical principle. It's not just Old Testament. It was in effect before the Old Testament law was given. Genesis chapter 14, Genesis chapter 28 show Abraham and Jacob both paying tithes, and this was 400 and something years before the law was given. When the law was given, tithes were demanded. And Malachi chapter 3 actually says that if you don't pay your tithes and offerings, that you are robbing God and that you're cursed with the curse. And sad to say, this is the scripture that most people use for tithing and giving. They use Malachi chapter 3 and they put people under this curse. And so people give out of duress. They give out of fear that God's going to judge them if they don't give. And I think I've used this verse every single day on this teaching, but it just applies so much. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says that if you give all of your goods to feed the poor or if you give your body to be burned and don't do it motivated by love, it profits you nothing. If your motive, if your attitude behind the gift is incorrect, it profits you nothing. It'll profit the church that you give to. It'll profit the ministry or the person that you give to. But you aren't going to see the return in this life if your heart is wrong. And sad to say, a lot of people, because of misunderstanding Malachi chapter 3, they give out of debt. They give out of obligation. They give not wanting to do it grudgingly and of necessity, and they just kill the return on their gift. So how do you look at this in the New Testament? I've already used those scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, and I also use the scriptures in Galatians chapter 3 where it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. You aren't under this curse anymore. Now you should still be giving, and probably next week I'll talk more about why giving is so important. 
and stuff. So you're still supposed to give, but the attitude has to be purified and you've got to give with the right attitude. So let me go back to these verses in Malachi chapter 3 and point out something else that I haven't mentioned yet. In verse 8, it says, Well, a man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And so what I want to focus on right here is where you give. You know, we're talking about that the tithe is a biblical principle. It has not been done away with under the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 7 still talks about tithes. Jesus talked about the scribes and the Pharisees paying tithes on mint and anise and cumin. And he said, these ought you to have done and not to leave the other matters of mercy and things like this undone. So Jesus said, yes, we should be paying tithes. Hebrews chapter 7 talks about Abraham paying tithes and it uses that in the new covenant. So tithing is a godly principle, but the debt associated with it is wrong. And also, where do you give? Where do you pay your tithes? And I'm going to say some things that are pretty controversial to a lot of people. There will be a lot of people disagree with this, and there will probably be some of you think that I'm saying these things for selfish reasons, and I can't control what you think, but I'm just telling you, I'm sharing this because it's the Word of God, and it'll set you free, and it'll help you. So I can't control how you respond to it, but I'm just telling you that the reason I'm sharing this uh, is for your benefit. Again, I'm giving these materials away. I'm doing it so that nobody will think I'm doing this to manipulate you. But where should you pay your tithes? I would say that typically most pastors say it goes to the local church. And I would say, let me say this, that if you go to a good local church, I agree with that. Did you know that the church, the local church, can minister to you in a way that a ministry like mine or some kind of a missionary deal or a benevolence program that ministers to the poor or those that are, you know, uh, doing orphanages over in foreign countries or people that are rescuing those out of the slave trade and things like this. There's, there's ways that the local church can minister to you that no other ministry can do. And so if you go to a local church, I'm 100% good with this of you giving your tithes to the local church. I think it would be wrong for you to send your tithes to me or to some other ministry and then the local church not have enough money to function. And so the local church, your witness in that local area decreases because they don't have the money to do the outreaches that they need to do. I think that would be wrong. I think you have a responsibility to where you are and you should be a part of a local church, but it needs to be a good local church. I am not just going to say that you should pay your tithes to the church because there's a lot of people that go to dead churches. There's, there's people watching this program right now that you go to churches where your minister would not speak up against abortion. You wouldn't, they wouldn't speak out on life issues. They wouldn't stand up. They aren't going to stand up and speak against homosexuality. I'm not talking about against homosexuals, but against the homosexuality because it's destroying people's lives. 
There are some of you that go to churches that they would never stand up and say anything against transgenderism, and because of it, the children in those local churches aren't hearing the truth. They are being exposed to lies and deceptions when they go to school, and they're being told that maybe they aren't in the right body. Maybe they're actually a woman in a man's body. All of this stuff, they won't speak out against it. They aren't taking a stand. And I tell you what, for you to put your money into a church like that is wrong. And I'll get flack over that, especially from preachers, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of churches that you do not need to be supporting. You don't need to be putting your money into that. There's a lot of you that go to churches where they license homosexuals. They are very liberal uh, in their theology. They won't take a stand on any of these things. They aren't preaching the truth. There are some of you that go to churches that are preaching you that you know, they would preach the opposite of what I'm saying right here about the tithe. They were telling you that you're cursed with the curse and they're putting you under condemnation. There are many of you that go to churches that you don't know the good news about how much God loves you and you aren't serving God out of love. You're serving God out of debt and obligation and it's beating you down. There are many of you that go to churches that blame God for all of the birth defects, the sovereignty of God, which again, I agree with sovereignty if you use it in the correct way, but the way it's used often where you just blame God for all of the wars and everything and that God is doing everything, that's wrong. And if you are putting your ties into there, you are helping them. You are, you are a part of the problem. And I know that there's people watching this that you go to dead churches for whatever reason. I've had people before say that, you know, there's fifth generation, that your great, great, great grandparents went there and helped start this church. You've got a plaque on the wall or on the pew that you're, you know, somebody bought that thing. And this is where your family has gone for all of those years. I had a woman one time, she knew what I was saying the truth, but she said, I was born a Methodist and I'm going to die a Methodist. And I said, you, you have died <laughs> Methodist. I said, you're dead and don't know it. I said, you're missing out on things just because it was tradition and stuff. I'm not against anybody, but I am saying that, you know what? You should bring the tithes into the storehouse. What is a storehouse? A storehouse is where they kept their food. And so when you get hungry, where do you go to get fed? If you go to a dead church that's not feeding you, and if you're bootlegging the gospel through my television program or through somebody else's, or you're getting their DVDs and stuff, and yet you're putting your money into the church because you feel like that the storehouse is only the church, I believe you've missed what's being said. You need to give where you're being fed. You should go to a church that feeds you. And did you know that the local church can minister to you in a way that I never could? I can teach the Word of God like this, and I've got books, and I've got materials, and in you know many cases, especially smaller churches, I actually have more materials and more teaching and more things to help you available than the lo local pastor does. And so I understand that you could be fed from me through a degree, but if it's a good local church... It's more than just the teaching of the Word. It's more than just having materials. But a local church can impact your community. It can help you with your marriage. If you, if you have a problem in your marriage, I'm not going to be able to counsel you, but you should go to a church that they have counselors there. 
the pastor or somebody that he's designated that could help you and that they could sit down and hear your story and relate to you and, and help you. They should be able to help you with your children. They should have youth programs and things that help you raise your children. Uh, man, our society is antagonistic to Christianity. You need a church culture, a family where your kids can grow up in that. You know, my dad died when I was young, but man, I lived at the church and I had youth directors that I guarantee you, they spoke big into my life. They helped me with issues. I didn't learn about a lot of the stuff that other people did because my dad died young, but I can guarantee you, I, I drew from the church. It made a profound impact on my life. You know, if you have children or somebody that wants to get married, I'm not going to perform the wedding for, for you. There's things that the local church can do for you much better than what I can do for you. So you should be in a local church. You should be in a local church that is feeding you not only the Word of God, but feeding you all of these other services and providing things for you that I can't do. And if you go to a local church like that, I am 100% good with you paying your tithes because you should give where you're fed and they should be ministering to you in ways that I can. But I, can, I don't know why, but many, I could even probably say the majority of people watching this program do not go to a good life-giving church. And man, there's multitudes of reasons. I've talked to many people about this, but there's some people that, you know, because their mate maybe is not where they are and they will go to this church. It's not a church that's really preaching the word. It's not uh, doing the things that they need to do in their community. But nonetheless, their mate will at least go to that church. And so there's a lot of people that will just go with their mate to a church that isn't preaching the word, that isn't really doing the things that they need to do, but at least they are still going to church together. And I can understand that. I've had people before that left my churches when they were, when I was pastoring churches that were real small and they took, uh, they went to a different church because they had a youth program and they were having problems with their youth. I can understand that. There's multitudes of reasons. Not all of them are good, by the way. Let me, let me just say that, you know, if you're in a dead church, if you're in one of these churches that, man, it bothers you to go, it drains you because they are just preaching against everything that God has revealed to you through the Word of God, I would say get out of that church and go find you a life-giving church. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And I'm not saying that because I'm not compassionate. I'd, I'd stayed in a Baptist church for two years after I knew I should have gotten out of there. But I love those people. And I wanted to reach those people. But let me just say it this way, that you know what? I've pastored three churches. It takes a miracle for the pastor to change the church. I mean, an absolute first-rate miracle for the pastor to change the church. And you, as a member of the church, you aren't going to do it. If it takes a miracle for the pastor to do it, you aren't going to do it. Instead, what you're going to do is wind up being uh, counterproductive. It would be better for that church to be together in unity without you being critical of what they're saying and undercutting them and telling other people this isn't the truth and stuff. It'd be better to leave them and let them be in unity in error than it is for them to cause the strife 
that you would do. You as a member of the church do not have the authority to change the church. You need to go to a church where you can support their vision and get behind them. You know, I've got some very good friends who they met with me not too long ago and they're very prosperous and they have a big tithe check and they had been going to a church where the pastor, they just loved him and they were 100% involved. The woman taught in the church and they were really plugged into this church. But when the son took over for the dad, uh, he took the church in a different direction. There is some question about the uh, integrity and about the financial integrity and they just every time they go now, it's a drain on them. And anyway, they heard me teaching on these very things. And they came to me and uh, they said, would it bother you if we gave you our tithes? And I told them, I said, you need to find a church that you can plug into and give your tithes there. And they said they agree, but until they found another church and they have been in the process now, I forget how long it's been. It's been nearly a year, I think. They've been in the process of trying to find another church. And during that time, they've been sending their tithe checks to me. I know that there's a lot of pastors that'll get mad at me for even say that I'd accept that and stuff, but I believe you give where you're fed. And they, their life has been changed through my ministry. They're in the process of looking for another church. And during that time, they've been sending their tithe checks to me. And I think that's fine. You give where you're fed. You bring the tithes into the storehouse. You don't go eat at McDonald's and then go across the street and pay Wendy's for what you ate at McDonald's. And I can guarantee you, this is what a lot of people are doing. And I'm not saying this again for any ulterior motive. I know that people will think that, but I'm just telling you the truth, that there are many of you that go to dead churches. I mean, if a person was to die in there and if you called 911, they'd have to carry out half of the congregation before they found the dead person. That's how dead the church is that you go to and you go there and yet you pay your tithes to that. And then you come and watch my program or somebody else's program and that's where you get fed, but you give your money to this dead church. Did you know if you did that with, with McDonald's and Wendy's, they'd call the cops on you. It's wrong. It's illegal. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ is giving. Their giving is not being led by the Lord. It's not being led by the Word. This says specifically, you bring the tithes into the storehouse. Where do you go to get your food? Who's feeding you? You know, with Jamie and me personally, we travel so much. Now, it's been different this year during the, the virus and the shutdown and stuff, but typically we travel so much that if we go to church once a month or twice a month, that's a lot for us because most of the time I'm out ministering in a church. And so I, I go to different churches and stuff. And anyway, when we go, we always put money into that local church. But we don't put our full tithe, our full amount into the local church because I'm gone so often, I'm not plugged in like the average person. And so I give my tithes to where I'm fed to the people who are speaking into my life and doing things for me. Uh, again, there's a lot of people that would criticize me over that and think that, no, just 100% of your tithe goes to the local church. Well, I think you give where you're fed. And if I'm not able to go to the local church because I'm out traveling and ministering, I don't think it's appropriate for me to just put my tithes into there. I give 
where I'm fed. And I give to people who've impacted me and have made a difference in my life. And we give a large amount of money. So you bring your tithes into the storehouse, which is where you go to get fed. Let me just present it to you this way, that, you know, we have, I'm not sure the exact number, I've heard 3.2 billion people with a B to up to 4.2 billion people are under the signal of this television program. We actually broadcast in Russian. I reach more people in Russian, speaking in Russian, than I do in English. We broadcast in Farsi. We broadcast in French. We are all over the world. We have billions of people that can hear my program. I don't know how many actually uh, listen or watch at any one time, but I can guarantee you it's at least millions, millions of people. And if they just gave where they are fed, let's say that today we have one million people that are watching this broadcast. And if you just got anything out of this that gave you some direction, and helped you. And just like if you go to McDonald's and you buy a burger, you give them something for it. If you just gave anything, if we had a million people watching this program and they say, well, that's worth five bucks. Did you know, man, $5 million in one day? I've never even come close to that. We get about $5 million, a little over $5 million a month in just our U.S. income. Did you know that would be 30 times what I'm getting. I can guarantee you that there are people watching this program that God has fed you through this program and you have never given a penny. Again, I'm not saying this for my own benefit. I'm just speaking the truth. And I'm, I meet people all of the time that come up and say, man, you have changed my life. The Word of God has spoken to me and you talk about this and I'll often ask them, I said, so have you ever contacted us? Oh no, I've never contacted you. You've never heard from me. But man, I've just totally changed their life. They've never given. They've never gotten any of our materials. They go to our website. We have over a million downloads a month free, which I'm glad to do. I'm not saying these things for any reason except to say that most people do not bring their tithes, their offerings into the storehouse. They give where they're begged. They give where they're coerced. They give where they're bullied. They give where they feel like that they are obligated to give but they don't give where they're fed. And that's not the way that God set it up. You're supposed to give where you're fed. If you aren't in a church that feeds you and ministers to you and your family and provides things that a parachurch ministry can't do, my first response would be to get out of there and get into a life-giving church and then start putting your tithes into there and send offerings to parachurch ministries and to missionaries and to things like that. That would be the perfect system. But I would dare to say that over 50% of you watching this aren't in a situation where you are really being fed. You aren't in a real life-giving church. They're hard to come by nowadays. And yet, you put your money into there, you give where you're begged, you give where you're coerced. That's not the way that God intended it. This is just really simple. You, you bring the tithes into the storehouse. A storehouse is where you keep your food. When you get hungry, you go there to get something to eat. Where are you being fed? You should give where you're fed. Again, today I'm giving you this book entitled Financial Stewardship. You can also have the CDs or the DVDs as our gift. We have a package deal where I have a study guide that is 
specifically so that you can teach other people these same things. And we also have a DVD that has five testimonies of people who put this into practice. And I mean, they have prospered supernaturally. This would be a blessing to you. So listen to our announcer and please call or write today. You say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. The doctors told me it would be a year before I would walk normal. I was being killed by a cancerous tumor. I was told my wife would not leave the hospital alive. My name is Teresa Hotelling, and I'm from Woodland Park, Colorado. I was told that I would never recover from Sjogren's syndrome, lupus, or thyroid disease. For years, I had tried everything, medical treatments, holistic treatments, even lots of prayer, speaking, and commanding, but nothing seemed to work. That's when I enrolled into Karis Bible College, and my focus shifted off of my symptoms and onto the finished work of Jesus. In just a matter of months, I received my complete healing after sitting under the word at Karis Bible College. And today, several years later, I am still walking in that complete healing and I am not alone. I was walking normal within a matter of weeks and today I am in full-time ministry. Today I am cancer-free and I'm living life to the fullest. My wife's miraculous recovery shocked all the doctors. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we have all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions of people out there who need the same truth that set us free. Won't you please help us get that message to them? Please be a partner with this ministry today. Become a partner today. <laughs> you know, you may not know these people, but I know every one of these people that you just saw them give a testimony. And I tell you, Jesus changed their life because of our partners. If you've not yet joined with us and become a partner, I ask you to pray about it and join with us today. Andrew is offering his complete teaching on financial stewardship in your choice of either a book, CD album, or DVD album as his free gift to you today. Go to awmi.net to order your free product today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a companion study guide for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Or you can get these valuable resources in the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the Financial Stewardship Book, Study Guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This DVD includes six testimonies of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. We're pleased to announce our helpline is now open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
was a gift. Once upon a time, many years ago, in the ancient land of Persia, can change your life forever. forever.